<laughs> hey there, this is Lucy. And I'm Sam, sometimes. Oh, and we're so fucking sorry. And today, we're talking about books. All things books. You read books? Can you read? I unfortunately have been uh, given the ability to read. I don't know if that's unfortunate, actually. I, I do read a lot of things <laughs> I like. But it's opened a, a big old big old big world of things that i have to do and don't like doing but i also get to enjoy some of those words that get absorbed into my brain cavity i can't read oh well this is gonna be a really short episode then (laughs) hi i'm jared i'm 19 and i never fucking learned how to read that sounds terrifying actually like i know okay third world countries whatever like sorry this is america it's not america um (laughs) I, I think it'd be very scary if you were living in Canada or the United States and couldn't read. I know there is some population that does not have that ability, but if you were trying to integrate into society, like, you would be screwed. You need yeah, to read to be able to I'll, partake. Yeah, it's pretty pervasive. It's... That was a big it's word. It's kind of... Uh, yeah, pretty impressive for someone who doesn't know how to read. No, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, also, did you not catch the fucking Vine reference, bro? I, I caught it, and then I threw it away. And then you just did not- you caught it, looked at it, and then dropped it. I, I see, I see. My jokes aren't appreciated around here. Um, I appreciate- and that's what I appreciate about you. What, the fact that you drop my jokes on the ground like they're fucking used napkins? Well, I just dropped a Letterkenny reference and you didn't pick it up, so I think we're even. uh, (laughs) I don't have enough brain cells left for this. Um, What were we talking about? Welcome back, everyone, to We're So Fucking Sorry. Today we're talking about books. Wow, I love books, and I definitely know how to read. You want to tell me about the kind of books you read? Eh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I will. I have a list of a book counter that I've been taking since 2016, because clearly I read a lot of books. Uh, we're about 20 books in the past, what? five years i had to calculate that with my fingers which is why it took me so long to answer that so listen i know how to read i don't know how to do math so i can't help you there uh 20 books i'm like iffy about it i feel like i could have read more i i I think there's a couple missing missing from the list but it's okay Mm. um mostly i find it really hard to read books when i'm in school because i'm like if i could be reading for fun i could be reading about chemistry (laughs) which is not the best way to think of it uh, I'm looking at my list here. A couple of the the books were for first year, like Dodoy's, which is a uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which is the book version oh, yeah. of Blade Runner. I would never read that book if I didn't have to. I hated every <laughs> second of it, but it's on the list. Uh, Medicine Walk was a book that I had to read for class, and I actually kind of enjoyed it. I I read a lot of shitty stuff, like the Love Interest. Uh, I read a lot of really serious stuff, like I was Dr. Mengele's assistant and the librarian of Auschwitz, which was very interesting and very educational. That's Uh, pretty dark stuff. Yeah. I read the Illuminae series, which I really enjoyed until certain things happened, and then I got really sad uh, because the writing was bad. And then The Hunger Games, which is the same problem, but I'm more passionate about The Hunger Games because it pisses 
pissed me off more. <laughs> I, uh, I'll tell you, uh, I was gonna say I'll tell you about the books I've been reading, but I should comment on the books that you've been reading first. Please do. Should I, I not? Know if you know any of them. Also, uh, I feel like that's all over the place. I've missed a couple books. I do want to mention that the Mark of the Thief series by J.A. Nielsen mm. is probably my favorite book series. I haven't read it recently, but when I first read it, it's about like a, a poor slave boy that gets the power of Caesar and does good things, and it's really cool. Uh, I don't know. I just like the main character. I think the the book was written really well, but it is a young adult novel, so it's not very, not very challenging, I would mm. say. It's Listen, easy. books don't have to be challenging for you to enjoy them. You know, people are like, oh, reading is a serious affair and you always have to read high caliber good books. Nah, dude, go out there, read some garbage. Read some garbage <laughs> and love every second of it. You would say that because you like fan fiction. Oh, hell yeah. And, and you know what? For a long time, I was like, man, fan fiction does not count as real reading. But I will say... There are some fanfiction authors out there who deserve to have published books. Like, the, the, it's just everything about them uh, is immaculate. I mean, on the other hand, you also have hot garbage. But you gotta love that, too. Fuck that statement that uh, fanfiction isn't real reading, because you know there are kids that read, like, 50k words per night literally because it's their favorite fan fiction and then they like can't even read a chapter of a regular book like totally i see you <laughs> don't i see don't... you and you're valid yeah uh don't be afraid you can read a lot of words goodly and i'm proud of you um but the 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 reason i say it's not too challenging and why i don't like that that much is because it, it's kind of like watching a kid's cartoon you know what's gonna mm. happen next it's not really like suspenseful at all which is what i really enjoy about a book i like how drawn out the issues are and how you can see what's gonna unfold before it happens because of the pace of the book is often the pace of your reading which tends to be a lot yeah. slower than uh, a movie or something so it builds more uh dr dramaticness whatever G good english i read <laughs> sometimes um but yeah, so because it's a, a young adult's novel, it's it's kind of laid out for you. Which, again, not a problem. Easy read. Have a good time. Uh, but it's not exactly what you'd expect from an adult book or something. Because it's not an adult you. book. Yeah. That's totally, honestly, very fair. Do you, have, do you have a favorite genre that you like to read? I've been enjoying sci-fi lately. Uh, more than I thought I would. Ooh. Other than that, right now, the books that I would pick up is mostly based off the the little synopsis they give on the cover, or not the cover, mm. like back of the book, or the front little slip of the hardcover book. God, I hate dust, dust, dust protectors. Jacket. Yeah. <clears throat> the worst. <laughs> I hate them too. What about you? What, I... what books you got? Oh, so I have read 17 books this year. Oh, damn. Well, um, that fucks my whole <laughs> five-year list. Yeah, but here's the thing. I am literally a librarian student. Hmm. Reader's advisory will be a part of my job one day. Uh, so I have to know what books are good. Like, Because uh, reader, reader's advisory is when the librarian makes recommendations for you 
And it is their job to read broadly and keep up on top of things. Hmm. So that being said, um, I did only read 17 <laughs> books this year because uh, 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 fucking school's a real son of a bitch. Uh, and I've been real into, I've been like dipping my little toesy woesies into like horror uh, just a bit and like thrillers but i've read like a lot of <sighs> what a wide variety of books this year i got I, I got a list here i could i could rattle some off list me up so we got the midnight library by matt Haig. we've got my year of rest and relaxation by otessa uh Moshfe. The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid, Blackfish City by Sam J. Miller, The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendricks, Clap When You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo, Dead Man in a Ditch by Luke Arnold, This Is How You Lose the Time War by Max Gladstone, I think, The Last Smile in Sunder City also by Luke Arnold, both of Hank Green's books, in the Carl series, so an absolutely uh, remarkable thing and a beautifully foolish endeavor. The stars and the blackness between them with the fire on high, the apocalypse of Elena Mendoza, pumpkin heads, a house at the bottom of the lake, and some anthology of essays. That's a, that's a good list. It seems like very diverse. I know you've mentioned a couple of them on the podcast before. I've recognized mm. a couple of those names. We got everything from um, sort of contemporary young adult to first contact, like alien books, um, magical detective novel, that, ooh, good shit. Then you got some horror in there, a little bit of romance, uh, and some, you're going to hate this word, cli-fi. What the <laughs> fuck does that mean? climate science fiction huh <laughs> yeah so oh god but it sounds awful just cli-fi is the worst thing i've ever said in my life eh, i think you've said worse things but continue <laughs> i like your faith in me dude i like your words uh, your funny words magic man magic man oh oh i will say if you are uh looking to you've just read something really baller mm -hmm. and you're like i don't know what to read next there is a website for that it's called what should i read next.com lovely pretty straightforward you type in a title or an author of a book that you really like to read and then they make recommendations based on that so it's basically like virtual um reader's advisory so it's not as good as like a real person but, I mean, it could be helpful if you're stuck for what to read next. I think we should have waited on this episode. We should have waited till we came out with our own book. Because this would have been the perfect like <laughs> plug. To be like, oh, if you don't know what to read next, how about picking up uh, my book? <laughs> you know, like all the YouTubers did that one year. When they were like, we wrote a book. And you're like, what the fuck? It's why? like, why would I want to read that? Yeah. <laughs> what would we even write a book about? It would be the most incoherent, uh, messy. Um, I know exactly what my book would be. That this is the mm -hmm. title, Cli-Fi Bitch. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> I don't want it. Well, I mean, I don't you can't. Want it. If you self-publish, <clears throat> you mm-hmm. can actually get anything on the market. Oh, totally. Like, there's no. That's a huge thing, actually. Okay, I'll talk about that in a second. Like publishing books, but uh, I wanted to say, ask you what your uh, favorite book on that list is. Uh, easily the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. Okay, I'm going to continue with my thought. I I would like to... Anyway, I'm going to continue with my thought because I'm all over the place right now. Lay it on me. Um, publishing used to be, like, a a stepping stone in my brain. Like, if you were a good author, you were published. Mm -hmm. I then learned (laughs) that the publishing... (laughs) I, I don't know much about publishing. I've never published a book, but I learned more about the publishing stuff, and I learned that you can do self-publication, and you can, like, market your own book, which means you don't have to be good <laughs> to have a mm-hmm. book made. And I didn't realize how easy it is to, like, pay a company to print your pages and make you a book. Like, you don't need to manufacture the book. You can just make a one-off book, which is wild yeah. to me. I feel like that's not worth their time. Well, these companies who are printing these books, they'll only print, like, as much as is ordered, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And they're set up to do that, so they don't really lose any any profit there. And actually, these days, it is more profitable for an author to self-publish than it is to go through the traditional publishing route. Like, yeah, there is this certain... um, certain amount of clout that's attached to being a traditionally published author Mm. but you're gonna be broke as fuck (laughs) they take all your money they take the rights to your story um editor publisher all of the rights like you barely get any money from it and and they have a say in how the story goes so if they don't like something they'll be like change this so you lose creative freedom too Mm -hmm. but if you self-publish um you can make uh, much more money than you would um, going the traditional route. I forget the numbers, but there is this fantastic YouTuber by the name of, hold on, hold on. I'm uh, holding on. Uh, uh, hold on, uh, hold on uh, harder. Kate Kavanaugh. <laughs> Kate Kavanaugh. So that's uh, K A T E. C-A-V-A-N-A-U-G-H. She's a writer. She supports herself. And she has a really good video about this exact thing. So go check her out if you want to know more about that. Because I I talk out of my ass 24-7. <laughs> I barely remember what I had for breakfast, let alone what happened in a video I watched like a year ago. I feel like the hardest, well, okay, there's probably a lot of hard things about being self-published, but getting the word out and, like, marketing was would probably be one of the largest hurdles, and I feel like mm-hmm. that's a lot more accessible now that we have social media and that everyone's got yeah. their own business to plug. Yes, plus, uh, the online writing community is a pretty small circle of people. Mm. So, like, it's a lot easier to make connections, um that feel like really personal and important online than, you know, maybe 10 years ago <laughs> Oh yeah. where uh, 
I don't know. I don't I don't remember what happened ten years ago. There was when a was lot of like years? book signings and stuff like that. You would like yeah, do yeah, yeah, live yeah, yeah. readings from the author or questions like that, which would get the word out about your book, but that's a lot of especially if you want to reach a larger audience, that's a lot of work, it's a lot of travel mm. money, it's a lot of investment, which you you're like wasting time. It, it's kinda like a it, it I was gonna say it's kinda like a tour. It's literally a book tour. Um it's good. But is it really worth it, especially if you could be writing other material? Um, totally. You can kind of take that away with the online system because you can just make a tweet, which takes, what, 10 minutes if it's a really good tweet? Or you could, I don't know, post a form or do like a Reddit live Q&A. And I feel like that can generate a lot of interest yeah. from just randos passing by on the internet as you opposed can to have... like, that one guy that sees you at a mall in like atlanta or totally. something you can have i know they're writing live streams where people will do sprints and so they'll be writing their story you'll be writing your story mm -hmm. and you all write together that's and cute yeah and so um uh, you can like chat about your books together and uh stuff like that there's also like discords for writing and of course like the nanowrimo uh forum is pretty big for people getting the word out about their books yeah Speaking of NaNoWriMo, NaNoWriMo, happy birthday. I've converted your NaNoWriMo into an actual physical published book. <laughs> You're welcome. That's that would a, be Or your wild. fan fiction is now a physical book that you could keep on your uh, your shelf. You're welcome. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. <laughs> I think that would be terrifying. I, uh, at the, so I do write. I don't know. Does the internet know this? I don't know. I write, uh frequently not so much these days because school but anytime i finish a uh, manuscript i'll like print off one physical copy of the first draft just to have it and so i it also makes it easier to like read through and do edits and stuff mm. um because it's easier to read something that's in paper format uh but it's also it just it does kind of feel nice to have that visual uh like Oh yes, this is a thing that I did. Cause ain't nobody gonna read that. <laughs> that's a first draft. That's that shit looks like an abortive fetus that's been sewn to another abortive fetus uh, and stuck that's... in a blender. Okay, we're gonna stop that visual <laughs> here. Um, I do think there's something nice to having like a physical uh, validation for the work that you spent because writing on like I'm assuming you write on like some sort of word processor or whatever. Yeah. Um, that can be quite it, digital work in general can be quite like unregistered in the brain so printing this out and seeing the like stack of pages you wrote is probably very satisfying oh hell yeah uh but going back to the thing that you mentioned reading uh reading the physical manuscript is a lot easier do you have a preference for the method of consuming uh literature like digital versus mm. physical versus audiobooks these days my favorite is audiobooks hand down hands down just one hand apparently one hand down uh it can be audiobooks can be hit or miss because you can have some really shitty recordings yeah. where people talk like this and then they went to the mall and at the mall they saw jim you know mm -hmm. and it's like motherfucker put some life in your voice but when you find a good audiobook, you find a good audiobook. 
And I just find it's like so much easier to pay attention to, you know? Yeah, I really like the fact that so, so it's really hard nowadays when we're all so busy and running around to read a book. Uh, so being able to like pop in the headphones while you're you're walking or listen to it while you're driving, cooking, whatever, makes it super accessible to the average person who doesn't have time to sit down and read a book. Because I know if, if you're an, like a regular reader, maybe you can sit down and read a like 200 400 page novel in a couple hours uh, but for the regular person reading a whole novel can be quite daunting in a very large sink of time whereas an audiobook is kind of more passive and I think that's the biggest benefit of the format mm-hmm. and don't let anybody tell you that listening to audiobooks or reading ebooks is not real reading if they tell you that you come to me and I will uh, elbow drop my little librarian elbows on them and fuck up their shit for you because it is real reading. My favorite audiobook, and you can get this for free on Spotify. Um, there's this British man who reads The Hobbit. He's got such a good accent and he's so expressive. And it just made the book, like, no offense to people that like The Hobbit. I wasn't really interested in it. I had to read it for school. <laughs> when you say you read it for school, it becomes a lot less lame. But the way he presented it made it really good. I love that. My favorite audiobook are Hank Green's audiobooks. Um, they're fucking phenomenal. Does he dictate himself, them himself? He, uh, no, there are voice actors. Oh, wow. Uh, but he does make a cameo uh, in them. He's so. in his own book? Oh, my God. He's in his own book. What about digital uh, versus physical books? I have read uh, e-books in the past and I think it really depends on the book if we're being honest like it really just depends when you say ebooks I think of e-girls now I'm thinking of like <laughs> a, a goth uwu kind of book and I'm like what the <laughs> uwu flip my pages mister <laughs> I am I very much prefer physical books if possible uh digital mm. books I usually end up reading because of the accessibility I think it's a lot more accessible to just like yeah. download a PDF or use the the online library compared to like going out and picking up a physical book and then me being worried that I'm going to spill something on it or whatever and then like half opening the book cuz I'm afraid of cracking the spine and whatnot. <laughs> but I do prefer the physical book because I'm more likely to like get completely absorbed into it whereas if I'm on my phone and I get a notification then I'm like distracted and I'll like leave the, the story. Um, which can be detrimental uh, because yeah. I'll just never come back to it. <laughs> That's fair. I I, uh, I like digital books for the pure fact that, like you said, accessibility. I'm a student, so mm, trying to move around a shit ton of books every time you move is a piss-off, yeah. and I hate it. Um, but also, if you're using your online library... Uh, which most provinces in Canada, probably all the provinces have online libraries, but don't don't quote me on that. Um, you can like take out a book, even if you're not sure you'll like it, and then return it if you don't. You know, you're not stuck. There's no commitment, uh, which I love. Yeah. Because sometimes they'll just be like, mm, I'm not sure what I want. And I'll like look through what's currently available and I'll download a couple 
and I'll see like what's like what really draws me in and then I'll return the ones that I don't need and because it's digital it takes like five minutes good on you for actually returning them (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean you could let the like full seven or 14 days run out but why would you do that (laughs) if you're not gonna read them Mm. hello (laughs) I I find that especially if I'm reading more than one thing at a time or if I'm just like at school you know textbooks especially in high school where I carried all of my textbooks in my bag books are heavy I think it's really hard to just carry around a book so having a book on my phone or even just like the kindle that I have makes it a lot more accessible because if I'm just like between classes or something I can whip it out and read a couple pages as opposed to like carrying a, a 500 page book that weighs like more than a pound amongst my other textbooks that weigh way more than a pound Mm-hmm. Ain't that the truth, Ruth? Also, like, physical books smell nicer than Ugh. digital books, obviously. <laughs> Fuck me up. I love, like, walking through the library and you get that old-ass book smell. I wonder what that is and why we like it so much. It's probably mold. <laughs> you think? What is... Yeah, what is... Why do... I'm gonna Google. Why do books smell good why do feet run and nose smell uh okay it turns out the smell of old feet books run. Is why do to... wait why do nose run and feet smell there we go sorry <laughs> the stroke <laughs> go ahead you just completely like restarted in the middle of your sentence uh so according to the first source on google don't do this by the way uh it turns out that the smell of old books is due to the organic materials in books like cellulose from wood pulp reacting with light, heat, and water, and over time releasing volatile organic compounds, or VOCs. Why would you need to call it a VOC? That's weird. But yes, I agree with that. That seems... According to my current knowledge about chemistry, yes. (laughs) Uh, What VOCs are released depend on how the book was made and stored, but common sense are toluene Toluene. or ethylbenzene. Yep which smell sweet, uh, benzaldehyde mm-hmm. or furfural, which smell almond-like or vanillin, which smells like, you guessed it, vanilla. So Yo, vanillin is really good. We did an extraction of vanillin um, in second year, and the, the lab just smelled like vanilla the whole time. Mm. I'm, working, I'm currently working with phosphines, and they smell like ass. And if you take them oh, out of no. the hood for a second, <laughs> you insta a headache. It sucks. Bring me oh, back God. the vanilla. This tall you really have... smell sweet sweet. Apparently, according to uh uh according to McGill. Because benzene doesn't smell sweet, or if I remember correctly. Yeah, it doesn't smell sweet, so adding a methyl group to it does not make any sense. The Office for Science and Society is separating sense from nonsense from McGill University. I guess is where I got this from. Huh. Toluene has a sharp or sweet odor. Guess what I'm doing on Tuesday? Sniffing chemicals. Yeah, I'm gonna go open the toluene bottle and waft it at my face and be like, is this sweet? Or are we You're gonna have to report back. I I will. I mean... Post it on Twitter. Don't tell my professor, but I will (laughs) let you know what the toluene smells like. Also, smell the benzene, because I feel like I need something to compare it to. Yeah, dude. 
cool. Do you crack the spine of the the physical books or dog ear pages? If I own them, yes. Oh God, you I know monster! As, <laughs> I know as a, a future librarian, I might seem like an absolute psychopath for doing that. Don't do this to library books because those have to be shared. But my philosophy is: they're your books, and they're meant to be used. They're not meant to be put on a pedestal and never touched. I very much like annotating my books. I like getting all up in those jimmies and living in them, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I want wish... my books to feel lived in. I wish I could do that because this I, I read my books literally. I won't open my book more than 90 degrees because I'm a fr- like I don't want to crack the spine. I feel bad. I'm like, this book could last a lot longer if I don't damage it. So why would I open the book all the way when I could just like peep in it and like barely see the words? Oh, no. no. I need the confidence to uh, actually open a book and not treat it like it's made of glass. Well, this is, here is your confidence. Live in your books. You know, they're, they're mortal. Well, that's the thing is, I don't buy books. Like, I I hate having physical books because as soon as I read them, they take up space in my existence. And I I look at it and I'm like, this is not something I need in my life anymore. So I stopped Mm -hmm. buying books. So all of my books are library books, or they come from your sister, yeah. or you, actually. I borrowed a couple don't, of your books. And I'm like, don't I don't do want to... do it to library books. I don't want to hurt your books. But I, I kind of take uh, it to the extreme. <laughs> my Yeah, a little bit. You could probably be like, hey, yo, dude, can I annotate this book? And I'd probably say, yeah. <laughs> Why would I do that? Because then I could read your annotations and be nosy. I don't even know how to annotate a book, let alone annotate well, somebody you just else's write, book. You just write your thoughts in it. I can do that on a... I, why would you write that on the book when you could just write it on a piece of paper? So you could see it. Now someone's going to have to read the book and they have to read your dumbass thoughts next to it. And then, like, <laughs> oh, God, that sounds like a nightmare. Listen, if you're the only one reading the book, doesn't matter. I don't know. Now I'm And it's also to... really cool. What I do is... Um, I've only just started doing this, but I'll use a different color pen every time I read the book. So then, and I'll date it in the, uh, like, in the cover. I'll put, like, the start date of the annotation and the end date. And so I'll have, like, this list of, like, different pen colors so I can see what I thought each time I read the book. Interesting. Which is cool. Yeah. So you get, like, this timeline. I do it a lot with, like, uh, philosophy, um, like, theory books. Um. And I want to do it more often, but again, haven't had the chance to fucking read because I'm drowning in homework over here. I would like to make a preposition for the future. Would you be interested in starting a book club? Oh, I would be so down to start a book club. I'm thinking either, I don't know if it'll be a part of We're So Fucking Sorry or if it'll just be a Twitch thing, uh, but I think it will be non-main uh, content objectives and no mm-hmm. serious timeline in which we and probably Lasoup because I feel like she'd want it on this. Uh, oh yeah. Choose something to read. We all read it and make notes about it and then share our notes and our thoughts and our feelings. Because I I'm think down. that would be a really good way to encourage me to read more. Now we don't have to be out here choosing like thousand-page books. It could be like a short story or something if we really wanted to like test run it. But I think that would be really fun. I'm down to clown, my friend. Obviously down not anytime clown. soon, because, you know, school. But, like, over the break <laughs> or maybe next semester, we can figure something out. 
Yeah, I'm gonna be so much less busy next semester, and I can't fucking wait. I love that for you. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be good. I only have one semester left. I am... I've got a week of school left. Holy smokes, dude! I've got two finals. One of them's a scavenger hunt, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> wow. I, I feel so... It, it's weird, because I'm crossing out assignments on my list... Like, I, ha I had a list that I made in the beginning of November of all the shit I had left to do. And I am yeah. maybe six check marks away from just being done. Now, those check marks are really large assignments, and I, I need to be getting on this. I have a week to do them. Holy fuck. But oh, same. <laughs> it, it's so surreal to have this, like, deadline, like, this countdown, this finite countdown of you're done. I am happy i'm so excited to just yeah. be done <laughs> you worked hard for it oh you god i it. worked so much i'm so tired <laughs> get me out you get to have a nap oh when yeah you're done i'm really excited that next semester i'm only going to be working part-time because i think a lot of people just throw themselves at a career and it's it's a lot like you especially because mm -hmm. i have burnout i'm sure a lot of people get burnout by the time they're done school uh, and there's yeah. no like recovery from that so i'm hoping that i can get my like get my bearings back do some like adulting before i i throw myself back at a career hey you know what that's very smart i because i was just looking at um job listings mm. yesterday and i was like fuck dude it's like out of the frying pan and into the fire you know everything's so fast so i think yeah. slowing down for a little bit would probably be a good idea you have to be very, very lucky to take a break. Like, I know a lot of people can't afford mm, to sit yeah. around and do nothing. And, I mean, I'm not sitting around for too long. It's, like, four months I'll be working part-time, and then whatever happens over the summer, because uh, I'll have to find a new place. That's more realistic. Like, I don't know if I'll have a career in the summer, but I'll be looking for a job. Um, yeah. But this little time will allow me to kind of sort my chickens no sort my eggs what's the count. count my chickens before they hatch i don't know whatever some with the chickens and put all out your eggs in the basket i don't i don't know where i was going with it uh, chicken metaphor basically what i want to do is i have a, a large decision to make of where i want to live and where i want to settle down and this will give me some time to actually think it out instead of just jumping at it and then seeing if it works that's fair I respect it. I also uh, respect it. I'm just glad that I have the opportunity to do so because I think I would be in a lot more of an issue if I had to like immediately pay like I'm paying rent now, but I we, I don't have a place after May, so um, that is a future problem. Um, I could like go home and wait a little bit, see if see if I find any listing, and then go rent a place or something. Or maybe I'll find something in the next semester when I'm looking, and then I'll be able to move. Yeah. This is not at all related to books. No. <laughs> but hey. Uh, we're sorry? <laughs> I'm not. Um, Do you want to talk about recent reads? I know we like briefly talked about our list. I don't have any recent reads. I don't fucking read anymore. I'm, I've been halfway through the same book since September <laughs> because I haven't had time to finish it. And it's like at the climax too. So like, it's the exciting part and I should just read it 
uh, like one of these Fridays and finish it. But I don't know. I don't know what's stopping me. <laughs> if I was smart, I would stop reading books after the climax because I am never satisfied with the ending of the book. <laughs> I am very capable of coming up with my own ending and be like, yeah, this is satisfactory and I will never read the real thing. But every single time, I've never had a book that I've thorough, like actually been satisfied with the ending. That's uh, horrible. I think it's just because there's not, there's so much buildup for the primary of the book and the climax often takes a lot of time as well. So the like downfall action is just nothing. And then, so, like, the characters will go through a traumatic experience and then they live happily ever after. I'm like, nah, man, this guy's got, like, mental issues. He's got to mm. sort out. Like, tell me about that. I don't want to learn yeah, about, like... it's not realistic. Yeah, and it just makes me really sad that you see, like, these characters that are progressing so well kind of hit this wall. And then they, like, just become, uh, I don't even know. It depends on the book. But they become, like, regressions of themselves or they lose mm. that final progression that they needed to become that whole person and complete that like character arc and it just makes me so mad <laughs> Get you. yeah i there's definitely a difference between books that where the endings are meant to be lackluster like it's like the purpose of it like it's supposed to be you're supposed to be like what the fuck man yeah and, and books where it's just badly written I feel like I don't run into a lot of purposefully lackluster books. I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, artsy fartsy shit. Wild. They're they're a trip. Let me tell you. What's your favorite part of the book? Mine is definitely not the beginning. I hate picking up. I books. hate beginnings. Yeah, I'm like I don't want to read this, and then like midway through the book, I'm like I'm so sad that I didn't pick this up weeks ago. Yeah, probably the middle of the book, because by the time you get attached to the characters, then shit starts happening to them. Then and that's delicious. Die. <laughs> Read them and weep, baby. Read them and weep. I hate it when you're... It's always like... It's, I'm very I'm very much a fan of the like sidekick science hero. Uh, in the Illuminae series, there was this really... It wasn't the Illuminae series, it was another book. There's another space travel book. Uh, I don't remember it. It's on my phone. Uh, it was the one you gave me, actually. Uh, but there was a like engineer on board, and he was like oh. super funny. And I was like, "This is my favorite character. I'm gonna die. Like, I'm gonna cry when he <laughs> dies." And then he didn't die, and I was like, "Pog, he lives. The boy was who that lived. The girl genius." Uh, no, it's actually one? a book I picked off my brother's shelf now that I remember it. Oh, okay. Because it was like, it, you gave me a couple space books and then I read a couple other ones, but that was definitely, um, it, it's the, the one I mentioned one. on the podcast that one time where I talked about books. Oh, yes, 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 I recall. Anyway, he was a super good character and I was like, this bitch. And they there was one chapter or like two chapters where they started to talk about him more and I'm like, this is it. They're they're building up our attachment to this character so that they can kill him off. But he was one of the uh, crewmates that didn't die and I was like, hell yeah. My boy lives. Yep. Unfortunately, then they stopped talking about him and I'm like, I don't care about oh. your problems. Bring back my engineer boy. I want to listen listen to his Seriously. woes about the like whatever traveling issue cuz he was always super stressed and super uh, super funny, like cocky and whatever, and then also always had candy. And I feel like that's just a great character. 
I, yes. You know what? Yes. We love a cocky bastard. We love... Do you have any character, like, uh, tropes that you just fall for? Like, you're just like, this is <sighs> the best. It doesn't even have to be, like, attracted, attracted, but Do you're I... just like, this is a great character. I love cowards. They're my <laughs> fucking favorite. I love everything about them. I love how awful they are. I love how much I hate them. And then I love it when they redeem themselves. That is my favorite bit. I'm like, ooh, you're a horrible person. You're my favorite character. <laughs> you're an absolute dickhead. You're my favorite character. Yeah, I think my, my characters follow along the lines of this guy, where you're good at something and you're funny. Like, that's all you need to be for me to be interested in it doesn't even matter what it is if i think the character genuinely or characters that like go through a proper progression arc but i hate the coward like i can't stand the coward (laughs) so if you start at like a a coward and become someone good i'm like eh, that's fine but i'd rather see someone that's like honestly side characters just just side characters are it man i don't care about the main character you're so full of yourself get out of here tell me about (laughs) what the uh third character ate today for breakfast yes that's what we want to know and how that does not impact the impact the plot whatsoever hell yeah plot who needs it right i just want fan fiction (laughs) honestly fan fiction (laughs) is so good for undeveloped story things right because the the author's on like a timeline whereas like fan fiction writing is like uh i don't know give me a book character I don't know, fucking Ron Weasley. (laughs) Ron Weasley picks out socks for the week. I don't know. I would read it. I would read it too. I I want to know what kind of socks he's got on the go. He seems like the type that would have a lot of pattern, fun socks. I think so. I think, uh, but I think they would be gifted to him, right? I don't think he would pick them out because I don't think he cares. He would also have knitted socks from his mum. Yes. Oh, that's it. All his socks are knitted. Well, okay. All of his socks are knitted, except Harry keeps buying him cool socks, and he one hundred percent has blue socks with or like yellow rubber duckies on them, and Harry gave them to him. Yes. This is my fanfic. I do what I want. (laughs) And his dad steals them because of that one time his dad was like, "What exactly is the function of a rubber duck?" So he's fascinated by them. Yeah, and he's like, go. what's the function of having a rubber duck on your on your socks? And Ron's just Ta-da. like, they're cool. And he's like, fascinating. Somebody write this. <laughs> well, we already just did. This oh, is an well, audio fan fiction Aud- book. <laughs> audio fan fiction. You're welcome. Coming to an ear canal near you. You're welcome for listening, being forced to listen to that. Yeah, you have no choice. Uh, the next question on the docket. Do you pay attention to authors or what? Which I really like the or what. Uh, no, I, I don't care that. at all for authors. And I really should, but they yeah. often screw me over with certain parts of the book. And then I just like, I get mad at them. And I'm like, hmm. I do have favorite authors that I look out for. Like I watch their new stuff. Grady Hendrix is one of those people. Uh, Chris Hadfield, because <laughs> obsession. Yeah. Uh, Hank Green. And I think, uh, oh, probably also Luke Arnold. I'm I'm waiting for that man to do something else. I'll usually, um, like, look up authors, but they te- the ones that I tend to read are just like, they wrote this one trilogy and never wrote again. And I'm like, all right, never mind. <laughs> no, I've been keeping an eye on um, Grady Hendrix specifically because he wrote this book recently. It just came out. It's called Final Girl. 
-hmm. and I'm waiting to finish this other book I'm reading by him before I read that one because I don't want to have two books on the go at the same time when I can't even read the one that I'm reading because (laughs) of school Ah! (laughs) all right uh do we want to talk about our obsessions of the week yeah dude I mean it's kind of early but Eh, who cares we do what we want this this is our podcast this is our podcast we're not fucking sorry about it um what's your obsession of the week uh i will start my obsession of the week is playing civilization six with my friends uh i was invited to a twitch show and i was a little hesitant about going on because i was i was just a little scared it was like eight people that i didn't know or whatever um and it was a whole lot of like personality so i was like walking into this thing I was a little, a little, a little intimidated. Basically, what we're doing is we're using Civilization VI, which is a game like a world built, like a, a war progression history game type thing, uh, to build a D and D world. So we have lore and we have character, uh, not not necessarily characters, but we play as like a, a race. So like I play as um, Arabic elves, and currently I am. <laughs> I've been threatened with war. Uh, which I think is really fun. <laughs> but trying to, like, think as an elf and being like, what would an elf do? How would they react? So this guy uh, placed a colony near my main settlement, and I was not happy about that. And I was like, I feel like the elves would take that as a challenge, like a kind of like a spit-in-your-face type thing. So I was yeah. like, in this instant, I think elves would go to war. Other than that, I've been playing quite passively because I feel like elves would act as uh, don't... don't uh, cross me and i won't like hurt you type thing so it's been no harm take no shit yeah yeah so i've been like talking to other um races and whatever and uh, people obviously people playing the game and i've been very satisfied by the diplomacy of all of the the people playing because i think it's developing into a really good story and i think everyone's playing a really good character like for some reason one of the guys is playing like a southern uh, he, he's not playing as America, but he's playing as like a, a Southern American, like shotgun, whatnot. And I think that's really funny. Holy. And he like just randomly declared war on this like. Okay, so there's another. They're fa- they're phased fairies, whatever, and they're all mm-hmm. science based. Uh, so this guy thought it would be really easy to take over the fairies, and uh, he was like, "Give me all your resources." And the fairies were like, "We can give you some." And he was like, "Okay." And then they, we thought the war was going to be resolved. And then he was like, now that I've taken this, give me the, the rest of your resources. And the fairies were like, no. And then had like a shit ton of like army. And he was like, wait, what? Damn. <laughs> Which anyway, it, it's going super well. We've had one session. It was like six hours or something. But uh, it's been really fun. And I've been enjoying it. And meeting these people was fantastic. I love that for you. It is always nice to like step out of your comfort zone and be rewarded yeah i mean i knew the the one person that invited me and the person that put off the show i've done a couple streams with him uh, and he seems really down to earth so i feel like i wouldn't be out of place if i was overwhelmed like i'm sure he would be able to mediate i'd like send him a dm or something but uh the synergy and the personalities on the show just worked super well and he did a really good job casting the the people that were playing I love that for you. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Great. What about yourself? I'm obsessed with my program's common room <laughs> lately because when you study in there, people bring you free food. Oh, really? 
The just dean came by. Ooh. Well, no, the dean came by, and she had a plate full of brownies from like some kind of meeting uh, that weren't entire. Because you know, like every time they have like a conference or a meeting, they order food. Yeah. Uh, and they had like these coconut brownies that they didn't uh, finish, so she brought them and just sort of put them on the table and was like, "Have at it," and then walked away. <laughs> and I was like, "Hell yeah, free food, nice place to study." It's also just nice to like be able to see my peers, you know, like with my eye holes instead of through a screen. Mm. It's actually yeah, I've been uh, I've been on campus more working with the uh, uh, the younger students because I, I do the tutoring and the the TA jobs and stuff, and it's been really nice to actually connect with them because I would say I was kind of distant from my department like I talked to people in my year and I talked to a couple people above my year but really I didn't I wasn't involved in the department now I feel like I'm a, a significant part of the department at least in the Aww. inorganic sense because I am the person to go to that's not the professor you know and a lot of people are afraid of the professor which is nice um, I love that for you yeah and then we went to a we had a potluck and it was really cool to like sit down and actually talk with these kids outside of like lab setting and just get to know them. It's nice. Hell yeah. How big is your department? Uh, like, what do you mean? I'm assuming it's a part, like, a, a minor part of the English department or something at the university. We have our own wing. Oh, shit. Uh, with our own common room and stuff, and we're all just sort of contained within there. It's a two-year grad program, so we get our, we get benefits. We get our own shit. Because it's technically its own school. Mm, okay. Uh, so it's separate from everything else. So is the department large then, or is it, like, still quite small? Oh, yeah, no, it's pretty close-knit. Pretty small. Hmm. That's still nice that you, you've got your own, like, situation going on. Yeah, I think it's because we're a grad program, you know? Yeah. How many peers do you have? Uh, if you had to guess. No idea. I don't. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't pay attention. <laughs> Would you have an average class size? Uh, yeah, maybe, like... 30 or less okay yeah smaller i mean for a grad program it's actually not too bad yeah depends so. on the grad program though yeah true all right thank Probably you for true. listening to we're so fucking sorry you can find us both on twitch at twitch.tv slash remove sam and at twitch.tv slash i'm sorry lucille you can follow us on twitter at fkn underscore sorry and I'm here to let you know that it is currently a seller's market. What are we selling? I don't know, but get it out there. <laughs> get it out there, man. <laughs>